The Virtual CMO Podcast is sponsored by the Strategic Marketing Advisory Services of the Five Echelon Group. If you'd like to work directly with the Five Echelon Group and discuss how fractional CMO services can help optimize your business, enhance marketing effectiveness, and grow revenue, visit fiveechelon.com. That's F-I-V-E-E-C-H-E-L-O-N.com to learn more and schedule a free consultation. Welcome to the Virtual CMO Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dickman. In this podcast, we have conversations with marketing professionals who share the strategies, tactics, and mindset you can use to improve the effectiveness of your marketing activities and grow your business. This week, I'm excited to welcome Gina Pomponi to the podcast. Gina is an entrepreneur, president, and COO of Blue Water Media. Blue Water is one of the leading digital marketing video production companies in the world. Today, we're going to talk about the power of video, digital advertisements, and the impact to businesses in this post-COVID world. Please help me welcome Gina to the program. Hey, Gina, welcome to the Virtual CMO Podcast. Very glad you could join us today. Very good to join you as well, Eric. Well, I'm excited to have you as a guest today because we're going to get to dive into the topic of video and how to really engage your audience with video. And, you know, what an amazing uh, time this is to be a creator. Uh, There is so much power that we all pack in our phones and, you know, the tools that we have on our computer to create some really compelling content. But I'm sure you've seen the statistics, right? Video is absolutely where it's at. What do you see as the state of video marketing right now? So video consumption has changed significantly. You know, when I got into the business 30 years ago, it was 100% television, right, from a video uh, consumption standpoint. But nowadays we live in a multi-screen world. So even if you are watching television, well, you might be watching regular cable or regular a regular broadcast channel, but more than likely you're watching Hulu or some kind of streaming um, option. And at the same time, you always have, if you think about it, you always have another screen with you, your iPad, your cell phone, perhaps both. Um, I find it interesting. My uh, nephew lived with us two summers ago and he would be sitting, and I kid you not, sitting in our great room where there's an 86 inch huge television and he would be watching shows on the little iPad. Yes. So, yeah, so so viewers have many options, not just of what to watch, but where to watch it. Yeah, that's so funny that you said that because right next door to my office here, when I constructed my house, I built a big media room for a big screen and everything like that. Yeah. I do the same thing. I sit in my chair and watch it on my iPad. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think there's something about that personalized experience. I know uh, Apple released some things with spatial audio, so now the sound is fantastic as you're listening to it through headphones. Uh, the need for some of those big screens is, has gone away. But I'm interested, yeah. you know, the way we're consuming content is different as well, right? It used to be more long form, and now there's so much short form content out there. What have you really seen in terms of the changes in the formats? Sure. Smaller bites. I guess you can say that Americans or perhaps it's the younger generation coming up has a, a shorter attention span, I suppose. Um, and, and you're seeing that, you know, you started seeing it with with Facebook, but but more and more on TikTok. And it's interesting, even, you know, 50 year old woman as myself, 
downloaded TikTok on my phone. It's an advertising outlet, wanted to familiarize myself with it. And I find myself just going down a rat hole with watching video after video. And all of those videos are one minute or less. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, you've got influencers on there, which you have on other, other forms um, of social marketing, but really on TikTok, you've got, you know, you're watching fun videos or you're watching somebody you follow and they might be drinking some energy drink or, you know, and, and they just kind of mention it. So it's, it's um, almost like product, the old product integration on television that we used to do so much of. Well, I'm curious too, because, you know, you talk about influencers uh, during the, uh, the pandemic, obviously right. so much changed for people. You even had the, you know, network anchors broadcasting from their homes. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are uh, live on a video stream today. We're broadcasting from our offices it seems like there was a lowered expectation of quality so that now, you know, you could be somebody, a a journalist broadcasting from your home and everybody knows it's a green screen behind you and, you know, the dog may walk in, but that's okay. Do you see that really being a trend for the long term that this casualness in video is here to stay? I do. Um, We call it UGC, actually, in the advertising world, user-generated content. Okay. Um, And it it, it is much more engaging. And and you're not only seeing it in social, you're seeing it in television ads as well, where you'll see somebody videoing themselves and they're riding down the road on a bike and they've got it imposed. And it it started, or I should say it didn't start. We were always using UGC for the past few years, but it, it kind of propelled forward because of COVID and a lot of uh, television production houses weren't operating. So they had to, you know, utilize the footage they had or get UGC content from further testimonials or from hosts or whatever the case may be, and then do it all in an editing. You're, You're also seeing a lot of animated spots as well. So with the rise of this short form content and this more casual way of, of approaching it, why do you think something like a Quibi failed? I mean, I think you're going to see a bunch pop up and and they're not all going to gain traction. Uh, There was one uh, a few years back called Bite Size TV. I'm not sure that one ever took traction, but people are going to be trying to put platforms up and it's all about what gains traction or what what doesn't. I mean, I know on my phone now because you've got I mean, you've got Snapchat, you've got TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and I'm personally try to keep up with them from a you know, to look at them through an advertising lens to understand what's going on in the world and what what consumers are engaging with and what other folks are doing from a competitive standpoint. But it's a lot to keep up with, right? All these different platforms, you don't want to be sucked in all day. But yeah, I think you're going to continue to see things pop up. Um, Facebook is now the for the older crowd, as they say, and I, I guess I fall into that but, you know, the young, the millennials and, and under are primarily using Instagram and now tick and TikTok, which is even younger. I think their primary demo is 16 to 34. So it's going to continue to change. And who, who said to me the other day that consumers now the marketer. So we have to follow where they want to be. It's certainly moving quickly. So quickly. And it's interesting too, because, you know, you've got this short form content that's very casually generated. And then you've got, you know, production houses like you have there at Blue Water TV, mm-hmm. and you've got facilities to do really professional work. 
And then, you know, we're sitting at home with things like Zoom and green screens that are now becoming popularized for everybody. You can swap out your background, maybe not to the level that they do it uh, at a studio like yours. But where do you see that going in terms of where will the need be for a full production shoot at a studio versus just grabbing your phone and some lights and microphones and going out and shooting something? So I still think, you know, from a television standpoint, you're still getting the higher qualities. Yes, there was a bit of a of a change during COVID because people weren't in studio. So, but you're still going to see the high quality. It's It depends on the platform. Mm. So when you're shooting social content, you don't need a big full production. You know, it's shot on your phone, it's UGC, it's, it, it's things because you've got a short period of time to engage somebody that's scrolling past. So I, I don't, it's not going to, and I don't know for sure, but I would say with pretty much certainty that it's not going to go completely away from, you know, full, full professional productions. I would imagine though, that even in your world, things have changed quite a bit. It seems like so many motion pictures today, so much of it is being shot in front of a green screen and backgrounds are added in later. Have you really seen a big change over time in terms of, you know, building sets and shooting on location to really going to more of this green screen shooting? It really depends on what it is. We still build quite a bit of, quite a few sets, you know, at Blue Water Media, we have a 36 um, thousand square foot facility. And we have, you know, a, a large team on staff to design and, and build sets, um, different studios. You know, we've got three crews on location today shooting. So it really depends what it is. But, you know, we try to uh, not use the green screen unless it's something that requires the green screen. Do you know what I mean by that? So if it's a set we can build or, or a place, a location that we can go, we still stick with that at this point. Because the green screen is mostly for control of the environment, right? That's, or just the cost of getting there. Or something that, you know, you want a volcano behind you or something that, you know, yeah, you're not going to be able to do or something that is, um, you know, something you wouldn't be able to shoot Mm. because it's limitless when you've got a green screen screen behind you. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I know you shoot uh, things like commercials, but when you're talking about various businesses, you know, one of the things that we strongly advocate is for businesses to create a strong brand story, to be able to really articulate their value proposition and what their brand stands for. And you've seen so many businesses now, your own included, that right on the homepage, the very first thing that you see is the name of the company. And then there's a hero image, usually with a video in it that explains sort of what that company um, stands for. Have you really seen that become a way to start engaging with businesses as they want that kind of presentation? Well, it's immediate gratification too. So all the things we're talking about are the immediate gratification that the American consumer wants. So these shorter, shorter snippets, um, a video, the you know, somebody goes to your website, you they immediately need to know who you are and what you do and then dig deeper for the detail or you want them to contact you and engage immediately. So what do you think are some best practices as you've worked with clients building those out? What are some things that stand out to you or what do you what do you advise people to make sure that they have in videos like that? So, you know, when you watch the video on our website, you know exactly what we do. It says creative, media, analytics. 
So it's, it's not only getting across the point of your brand, your core services, but it's also at the same time because we're, we're showcasing some of the creative snippets from different commercials. It's giving you also a sample of our work at the same time. So it kind of hits those three major points. Being able to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about that story, about what that brand is and really identifying maybe who some of the people are, some of the physical locations of your buildings, just giving people some sense or identity of, of really who you are as a company. At a higher level. Right. And that's really important for your homepage there for the homepage video. Yeah. So now if I was a company and I wanted to embark on some sort of a, a video advertising campaign, mm-hmm. where do you start? How do you start with the, with that creative process? That may be a, a tough question to answer, but where do you start when a new client comes on board and says, Hey, we're going to be running this new campaign. We need some videos to go along with it, but they don't necessarily have an idea of the creative of, of what that video is supposed to be. Maybe just at a high level. How do you usually start working through that process to narrow it down to figure out what is this video shoot going to look like? Sure. When we first engage with a client, I mean, we take a big step back. And we do a lot of research. We want to understand what they've done before, what's out there. We want to understand their brand and their brand guidelines. Um, We want to um, understand the competitive marketplace and what else, what others are doing in that space and what's successful. And then we have a discovery call with them to kind of dig deeper into that. As far as the creative concepts that that we create, I mean, we have a, a full team of creatives here, as I like to call them that we'll sit down and, and come up with different concepts. We might, you know, throw 10 at a, at a client and then walk through and, and see, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting with creative because there's no right or wrong answer. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the marketing and media world, but the strategy side, it's more numbers, it's more what's proven, that kind of thing. But on the creative side, when you're talking just about the pure creative concepts it's more of a partnership with the client because they've got definite ideas or thoughts that you do, you will try to incorporate and then also bring your expertise to the, to the table. Um, there are proven elements in a commercial when you're, especially when you're talking about direct marketing, you know, in the beginning of the commercial, you want to do something that's going to engage the consumer. That might be, um, you know, um, attention or that might be, you know, the sound of a hammer hitting something or, or something that, that grabs their attention. And then maybe some kind of problem solution um, that's going to, you know, if you have this problem, then you've really engaged them further because yes, they have this problem before you're announcing what the product is that's solving that product problem. Right. Yep. And then you're going to go into your features and benefits to build that offer prop prop and then move to some type of call to action. And when I say that, it's okay, you've now sold the viewer on it. How can they get the product? What do they need to go to the store, go to a website, call phone number, go to Amazon, that type of thing so that they can get that immediate gratification. Hey, it's Eric here, and we'll be right back to the podcast. But first, are you ready to grow, scale, and take your marketing to the next level? If so, the five echelon groups virtual CMO consulting service may be a great fit for you. We can help build a strategic marketing plan for your business and manage its execution step-by-step. We'll focus on areas like how to attract more leads, how to create compelling messaging that resonates with your ideal customers, how to strategically package and position your products and services, 
how to increase lead conversion, improve your margins, and scale your business. To find out more about our consulting offerings and schedule a consultation, go to fiveechelon.com and click on services. Now back to the podcast. Is most of your business nowadays, is it currently focused on uh, digital advertising or do you still do a lot of, you know, mainstream television? It's, I would call it omni-channel. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you, you know, nobody is really just going on, on television or, or just digital. Sometimes they might start digital when you, you know, perhaps put a, a higher marketing strategy together where they're doing kind of crawl, walk, run to build up to that or testing different offers or different concepts digitally to see what resonates best with different uh, demographics or to understand who your demographic actually is. You know, you can do that with television by doing audience segmentation testing, right? Because national cables will still skew vertically. Or you can also do it with with digital and different affinity groups on, let's say, on, say, a Facebook or Instagram. Mm. So, but, you know, very rarely do you have somebody just going out with one one channel. And I mean, now there's there's also, you know, there's direct mail and there's there's other things that are kind of making a, a comeback a, a bit. Absolutely. Um, I always say, you know, your your email box is now the mailbox that's very full. And your actual physical mailbox does not have all of the quote unquote junk mail that it used to have back in the day. So um, that's making a resurgence. It does depend on the on the audience you're going after, though. I don't know that I would do a direct mail campaign for, you know, 25 year olds. But no, you're exactly right. Well, we've talked about it before on this podcast uh, during covid, the amount of physical mail that people received went way down. Way yeah. down. And it wasn't just the post office being inefficient. There was just a lot less mail going out for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the post office now actually does, at least in our area, they do shipments for Amazon. Yep. So trying to keep themselves busy with the, you know, less volume of mail. Yeah. I mean, you see those trucks all over the place. You know, yeah. as I've talked to a number of clients who are interested in shooting a commercial. And one of the things that intimidates them, I, I don't know why, but I, I live in a neighborhood where every once in a while, maybe once a summer, someone decides to shoot a commercial at one of the houses here. And you know that it's happening because there are signs up on the corners. There are lines of cars up and down the street. There are trucks yeah. and there are, you know, it's. It takes you, a village. It takes a village. Exactly. And business owners look at that and said, if it takes a village, it takes a truckload of money to do it. Uh, why is there that perception of complexity and oftentimes why are so many people needed for these big production shoots? Right. And what you might be seeing is just a particular segment. Yeah. So that might be, you know, that whole day might be 10 seconds in a 30 second commercial. Right. So it really depends. Some I've had folks say to me, well, what does it cost to make a commercial? I'm like, well, gee, I don't know. What does it cost to buy a car? (laughs) So there, you know, there's so many different things, location, talent, um, whatever, sometimes, you know, if we need a sunset or do we need it snowing? Do we need it raining? Um, it, it really, is it a food shoot? You know, do we need uh, all these different um, food stylists? So it, it really does depend on, on what it is, but you've got grips and you've got um, production assistants and producers and associate producers and the director and there's, there's tons of equipment and different camera angles. And do we need jibs? Do we need, you know, twink? What kind of lights do we need to get that 
that perfect lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much that can be done in post, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, every time I do one of these live streams, I'm always monkeying around with lights and it's, it's a, there's yeah. a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about to make it all look right. So as we sort of are winding down here, I'm curious if people are interested in creating a spot, doing a commercial, do you recommend that they start first maybe working with an ad agency to start to build that creative, to get a framework of what they want before they engage with a company like yours? Or do you encourage people to come directly to you and you said you have a creative team and and can start to do some of the work for them? So we are a full, a fully converged advertising agency um, uh, with full media, both digital and television. We have um, full creative and we, we have not just television production and editing and everything in-house, but we also have a full digital content team because as we just discussed, those are very different. Yep. We have an Amazon marketplace team. So, you know, we're a fully converged agency and that's how we're structured to handle that. So clients come to us with many different marketing challenges and we help them with the right solution. Mm. So absolutely. I've come to blue water. That's great. I just off the top of your head, are, are there any things that you've uh, filmed there that particularly stand out that you you thought were just really great or, or funny or, or just memorable? Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always cool. Now, mind you, at the beginning of my career, I was in the, you know, media strategy and planning, um, for most of it. So to come here to blue water, to see like the front end piece of it and, you know, come in and there, you know, we're shooting something with Jillian Michaels or, or Kevin Hart. So that's kind of exciting to me to see that kind of thing. And, and also to see the behind the scenes, like see what we do with the green screen or see all of the pieces that it takes to put it together. Um, It's, it's really exciting, I, I think, but still when I, when I, see talent. It's still kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say I get starstruck, but <laughs> yeah, no, I understand though. When you see somebody walking on your set, it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, as we wrap up here, I'd love it if you could just share with the audience where they could uh, find out a little bit more about you, where they could find out about blue water and, and how they could reach you all. Yeah, no, great. So Blue Water Media is a converged, fully converged national advertising agency in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, Our website is bluewater.tv. And you can reach me directly by emailing me at Gina, that's G-I-N-A, at bluewater.tv. I would love to discuss your marketing challenges with you to help you come up with the right solution. I think it's great. I think it's exciting that as we're sort of rounding the bend here with this pandemic and the economy is lighting back up, that marketers are really talking about spending money again. And uh, there are some tremendous opportunities in the marketplace. Behaviors have changed. And I think there's a real opportunity for those who want to get ahead of the curve to really start to take advantage of these new behaviors. And video is certainly going to be something that uh, people are going to want to jump on if they haven't already. Absolutely. Especially now with most companies trying to engage directly with the consumer. It's it's so critical. Absolutely. Gina, this has been fun. I really appreciate you taking out the time to uh, to talk to us today and, and sharing your thoughts. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Virtual CMO Podcast. For more episodes, go to fiveechelon.com slash podcast to subscribe through your podcast player of choice. 
And if you'd like to develop consistent lead flow and a highly effective marketing strategy, visit 5echelon.com to learn more about our virtual CMO consulting services.